Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink, which happens to be water tonight for some reason, and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. All right. So I am Charlie. I'm this is episode 10. So I hope that you know that by now. And if not, this is Charlie. And I'm going to start with our true crime headlines, which I think we need to come up with like a theme song. True crime headlines. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. So my first true crime headline this week is <laughs> was published on eonline.com on October 17th, 2020. And the headline reads, Home Improvement star Zachary Ty Bryan arrested for allegedly strangling his girlfriend. So, <laughs> I don't know. The 39-year-old actor, which I think was probably the most shocking part of the story, is that he's only 39. I thought he was much older than that. So, the 39-year-old actor was arrested and taken to Lane County Jail in Eugene, Oregon on Saturday, October 17th, uh, confirmed by E! News. A spokesperson for the Eugene Police Department tells E! News that um, Zachary Ty Bryan faces charges of strangulation, assault in the fourth degree, and interfering with making a report. So... How the mighty have fallen. Hmm. Um, and my second true crime headline is sad and also crazy. So this was published on November 4th, 2020. And the headline reads, Man allegedly set girlfriend on fire with accelerant and cigarette, then bought a bus ticket to Mexico. And this was published on people.com. I love people.com. I know. Me too. Um, A Florida woman was burned over 99% of her body and unfortunately is not expected to survive her injuries. That's the very sad part. Um, Prosecutors say alleging that her boyfriend had purposefully set her on fire before buying a bus ticket to Mexico. On Tuesday, the suspect, 40-year-old Noe Jimenez Cortez, was ordered held in jail without bond following his arrest Monday night in North Lauderdale reports the sun Sentinel and South Florida TV news station WPLG. So gasoline and a cigarette set her on fire and then fled and now he's in jail. So, and unfortunately she is not expected to survive. So sad story, but like crazy, crazy, crazy. So yeah, those are your true crime headlines. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Nikki for this week's bed crime story. Yay! So I'm going to start including this in all of my stories. Um, As a reminder, I am not an expert by any means. (laughs) I enjoy true crime, and I have found all of this information on the internet. My sources today are Wikipedia, allthingsinteresting.com, thehumanmarvels.com, and bailbondsnow.com. I don't know. I was like... Found more information. Right. Trying to fluff my story. Fluff <laughs> the story. Fluff the story. So I am doing the story of Grady Stills Jr., a.k.a. the Lobster Boy. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was like, I That's like... a nice one. Like Go that. ahead, Nikki. Take it away. Tell me about Lobster Boy. Okay. So I don't think I'm going to say this word right, but... Uh, the Stills family had a long history of ectrodactyly. Well, it's dactyly because, like, polydactyly yeah. is when you have extra fingers. So I yeah. guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I hope that's right. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. Somebody will correct you, and if not... I'm sorry, in advance. I'm going to say dactyly is a go. Yeah. Um, so a condition commonly known as a lobster claw syndrome 
Um, it is a rare congenital deformity of the hand where the middle digit is missing and the other is like is cleft. So the like, the metacarpal of the finder should be like it basically like in the pictures splits. it looks like yeah. So it's like the split also um well the split often gives the hands the appearance of lobster claws, although cases range in severity. Right. So okay. um there's a lot of grady stills in this. So like I'll make sure to include senior and junior. Yes, please. So, um, William Stills was apparently the uh, first in the family to display the condition in 1805. Dang. So, it goes, like, it goes all the way back in their family. He was followed by Jacob Stills, Alicia Stills, and Grady Stills Sr. Mm. Grady Stills Sr. was a sideshow attraction in the traveling carnival. Um, so, Grady Franklin uh, Stills Jr. was born in Pittsburgh um, on July 18th, 1937. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, which I was like, wow, that's a long long time ago. Um, His father added him to the act at the age of seven. Grady's condition was severe, and he was unable to walk. Oh. Yeah. Um, He learned to use his hands and arms for movement, and as a result, uh, developed incredible upper body strength. Now, can I ask a question? Yeah. Was his condition a reason why he couldn't walk? Well, I think, because with him, I think it also affected his feet. Oh, I think he, yeah, because this was, I think both of these are him at different ages. So yeah, his feet were like, <gasps> oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, his feet were just like, <laughs> oh my God. Don't adjust your television you sets, kids. So <laughs> we did say that at the same time. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Oh my so, God. That's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. So, uh, Grady fell in love with another carnival worker uh, named Mary Teresa. Um, I saw some articles where it's Maria Mm. Teresa, but, like, some people call her Mary Teresa. Um, So, who had, she had ran away to uh, join the circus as a teenager. Um, She wasn't part of the act, just a staff member, but she fell in love with Grady and the two married. Oh, Yeah. Um, Which, and I think it was one of the YouTube videos that I was watching of the girl who had originally, like, posted this story, which made me research it. I think I remember her saying that, like, he had no interest in her. So, like, Mm. I think she, like, like, was, like, trying to, like, get his interest. And then, like, Mm. he finally, like, started noticing her. So I was like, get it, girl. Yeah. When you know what you want, you can go for it. Um, So he had married twice and had uh, four children. Uh, two of those children, a girl, Kathy, and a boy named um, Grady the uh, Third, they were born with variations of the ectrodactyly. Um, although the siblings were from different mothers, they sometimes toured together as the lobster family. Aww. Throughout his childhood, uh, Steele and his family toured with the carnival circuit, spending the off-season in Gibsington, as uh, many quote-unquote carnies did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gibsington is a small town along the coast in the Tampa Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, once a winter haven for circus performers and where the International Independent Showmen's Association was planted. Hmm. Uh, Gibsington was one of the few places in the country was zoning to accommodate um, keeping circus am- uh, animals on residential property. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the circus crew lived the, uh, lived inside a mobile home community called Bullfrog Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, today, there are still rides, trailers, equipment, uh, and even unique uh, landmarks left behind as reminders. How cool. Right? And now I know that Barnum and... I think Barnum. Barnum and Bailey? 
or it was Bailey. One of the two. One of Barnum or Bailey. Possibly Bailey. Or Ringling? Ringling. 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 They're based out of like Sarasota, Sarasota, Mm -hmm. right? Because they have the museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like I've always wanted to go to like this area. I actually looked at a house over near that area. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, it was a nice quiet little area. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's not too far from downtown Tampa. Yeah, it's actually know. not that bad. Yeah, yeah it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that like uh, someone had said, I, I, I want to go back to find the girl who did the video, but she, she, I think she was talking about like even the like post, the um, the mailboxes were shorter. Oh, for like people who weren't as tall. Hmm. So. Um, it said the family, you know, they did well. Uh, they made anywhere between 50000 and 80000 per season. Wow. Yeah. And you figure that's not even like a full year long. I mean, it would really only be during the warmer yeah. months. That's actually incredibly impressive. Yeah. And then they said, and unlike um, a lot of the freak show acts, uh, they didn't have to subject themselves to anything other than curious stares. So people just looking at them. Hmm. Um. So as the children grew, uh, the Steele's family legacy began to take a rather dark turn. Mm. Um, Grady was an alcoholic and was abusive to his family. Uh, due to his um, condition, he was unable to walk. Um, so he sometimes used his wheelchair, but he most commonly used his hands and arms for movement. With his substantial upper body strength, uh, when combined with his bad temper and alcoholism, made him dangerous to others. Wow. Okay. Uh, neighbors testified uh, testified to hearing frequent screams from the Steele's home in Gibsington. It was no secret that Grady Steele's Jr. Uh, would become intoxicated on alcohol and then physically abuse and mistreat his family regularly. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it said, at one point, he allegedly used his claw-like hands to rip his wife's IUD from within <gasps> her body during a fight. Uh, oh my god. That's like, oh my god. It gets worse. <sighs> okay, hit me with it. Okay. Um, and he would use his hands to choke her, uh, something that they were seemingly designed to do well. But, yeah. Um, during another violent episode, while Grady was in the midst of attacking his wife, his pregnant daughter, Kathy, attempted to intervene by rolling the wheelchair in between her parents. Um, this act only infuriated her father even more, and Grady uh, turned towards Kathy and beat her so badly that she went into early labor. Oh, my God. Because you have to think he's, like, really strong. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so the baby survived. So the baby was fine. God. Okay. Yeah. And I think that they said the baby was also born with the same uh, condition that the family has. Good God. So... Uh, so Mary Teresa went on to marry another man, which enraged Grady Steeles even more, because he... I mean, she left him. Uh, so the children were left to endure their father's rage. Mm. Uh, sometime in their late teen, uh, teens, Grady's daughter Donna fell in love and wanted to marry a young man by the name of Jack Lane. But her father greatly opposed. Donna was not concerned about whether or not her father approved. Removing herself from Grady's control was the main reason for her interest in marrying. Of course. Of course. So I think she was like 17 at the time. Yeah. Um, she Get insists- a girl? Yeah. She insisted that she would live with Jack with or without her father's consent. Um, Grady's control over his family was his top priority, and he was not about to give that up, mm. especially to an underage like marriage. Mm. Uh, he had threatened Donna that he would kill Jack if she didn't let up. So in 1978 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it's undocumented, but somehow the evening before the wedding, it was arranged for Jack to meet with Grady in person to discuss the marriage. Mm. Jack had insisted that he and Donna were going to marry with or without her father's permission. 
Um, assumptions uh, relayed that Grady had given Donna and Jack some indication that he might uh, that he might approve. So, like, I think that they thought that he was going to approve of it. Okay. But upon Jack's arrival, Grady instantly shot and killed him in the back without remorse. Oh, my God. So when Donna learned about Jack's murder, Grady sat and looked um, at her with an evil smile and said, I told you I would kill him. My God. He was brought to trial where he openly confessed to killing the man and was convicted of third degree murder. It was stated that since the prison system was not equipped to deal with his disability, confining him to such an institution would constitute cruel and unusual punishment. Stop it. Grady was instead sentenced to house arrest and 15 years probation. Also, by this time, he had uh, acquired liver (laughs) cirrhosis from drinking and had emphysema from years of cigarette smoking. Um, Lobster Boy had, by this time, divorced his first wife, remarried another woman, and had two more children. Who are these women that keep marrying this man? Um, So he proceeded to subject them to his drunken uh, rampages, and eventually his second wife divorced him. So Grady stopped drinking uh, thereafter, and during this period, remarried his first wife, Mary Teresa. What? I, yeah, but what? Mm. So she she left her new husband, um, a man who had dwarfism, who performed in a sideshow, uh, to remarry Grady. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, and she had said when he was not drinking. He was actually really nice to be around, but he drank because he had like all of these like I guess issues. Stemmed and she from said, his disability she and said, childhood. Yeah, and she basically was like, he just didn't drink like two hours out of the day though, and that was where the problem was. Oh my gosh, like he he seriously drank a lot. Um, so, however, he soon began drinking again, and his family claimed that uh, he became even more abusive. Uh, following the events, uh, Grady basically felt invincible. Uh, when he resumed beating his family, one of his favorite taunts was, "I killed before and got away with it. I can do it again." Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So um, in 1992, uh, Mary and her son from a previous marriage, Harry Glenn Newman Jr., hired a 17-year-old sideshow performer named named Chris Wyant. They basically um, hired him to kill Grady for $1,500. Wow. Mm -hmm. So Chris was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 27 years in prison. Wow. Harry was given life in prison for his role as the mastermind, and Teresa was given 43 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so she unsuccessfully appealed her conviction um, and began to serve her sentence in February of 1997. Um, she had tried to get Glenn to take a plea bargain, but he refused. Uh, the court sentenced him to life in prison. Uh, so in her defense, Mary stated, my husband was going to kill my family. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry this happened, but my family is safe now. Um, so Grady Steele's third disputes the claim that Teresa had him murdered. So that's like not the person that were, it's like his son. Yeah. Um, according to him, his stepmother, Teresa and father were arguing. Teresa had said something about something needs to be done. And Teresa's son overheard this and went to the neighbor and repeated it. So basically, shortly after, as Grady was smoking while watching TV on the sofa, the neighbor entered the home um, with a semi-automatic pistol and shot him in the head multiple times, killing him. Wow. So he he basically was hated by the local community so much that only two, 10 people came to his funeral. And absolutely nobody volunteered as a pallbearer to carry his coffin. Dang. Um, but the family carried on. Grady the uh, third has a daughter. Um, Kathy is married and has a daughter with the same condition that they have uh the three of them still perform on an occasion Hmm. uh kathy 
had been taking up uh, acting and has appeared in uh, some series called Carnival. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It was on HBO, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in the Tim Burton film Big Fish. So that's where I was like... Interesting. Mm-hmm. Grady is buried with uh, Steele Sr. in the showman section of Sunset Memorial Gardens uh, c- Cemetery in Thanoma, Sassa, Florida. Interesting. So yeah, that is the uh, story of Lobster Boy. I heard that and I was like, holy shit. That's crazy. Because you would think that it would end ended at the one murder and then it was just like... Just kept on going. Yeah. The fact that Grady Jr., so the one who wound up getting killed, who was also himself a murderer. Yeah. The fact that, first of all, he was convicted of third degree murder, not first degree murder, is absolutely asinine to me. And then the thought that this person who has spent his entire life adapting Mm -hmm. because of his disability and has obviously been able to perfectly function in society with, I'm assuming, just the use of a wheelchair and his yeah his condition would have been considered cruel and unusual punishment for him to be going to jail. And then and then still you put him on house arrest and only for 15 years. Uh-huh. And then when somebody does finally kill him, because it was probably only a matter of time, truthfully. Oh, yeah. If what all of that is saying is true that just everybody in the whole area hated him. Yeah. The punishment that's brought down on all three of the people that were casually involved in the fact that this man was murdered. So I think what had prompted it also of her setting this up, which I can't find, I couldn't find it. So that's why I didn't include it in my story. Like Mm -hmm. my part of my story Mm -hmm. was the fact that the girl, the girl, the video that I was watching about it, she said that he had crawled into her bedroom at night, which I'm like, that's fucking creepy in general. Mm-hmm. Got on top of her and had a knife at her throat and basically told her he was going to kill her. So, I mean, you're you're like kind of like living your life in fear oh, it's to just begin a- with because you're like, you're just waiting for the day that you do die. It's a waking nightmare. It's a yeah. waking nightmare. So, like, she literally thought, he's going to kill me. Yeah. Like, and my entire family and everybody that I love is yeah. at risk because of this man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because I thought it was just, like, about him murdering someone and then to find out that he was murdered and then, like, all this other stuff in between. I was just like, wow. That's a crazy story. Yeah. That's a great story. (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, All right. So that does it for us for yet another episode of Bed Crime Stories. We hope that you guys are having fun listening to our stories and, um, and, you know, taking the time to read up on some of these that we are telling you. Um, and, and learning more for yourself because we we like to share them with you because they're ones that, you know, kind of weigh heavy on our minds. So mm-hmm. kind of pass that along to you all. And we do like talking to you guys. We do like talking to you guys. Yeah. Hi. We love talking to you. Um, I feel like those ladies from Saturday Night Live. Hello. Hello. Would you like some sweaty balls? Um <laughs> So, uh, as always, we'd like to remind you to go ahead and find us on our social media accounts. We have Twitter and Instagram at Bed Crime Stories. Um, new episodes of our podcast drop on Thursdays. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and a couple of other joints as well. Um, so go ahead and try and find us. Subscribe, like, rate, all of those good things. Tell a friend. Pass it along. And um, because bed crime stories are best shared amongst friends, in my personal opinion. So mm-hmm. um, everybody have a lovely week. We'll see you all next time. Until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. 
Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.